Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. Championship team. This is Brewers on Tap. Welcome to episode number 50 of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grindle, and here's what we have for you this week. It's a special edition of the podcast. MLB draft is complete, and the Brewers got high marks from most of the national scribes. We're going to talk with VP of Amateur Scouting, Ray Montgomery. We'll also hear a few quotes from number five overall pick, Corey Ray, the outfielder from Louisville, and also joining us from the Brewers is bench coach Pat Murphy. But first, this date in Brewers history. And now, this week in Brewers history. June 13th of 1997, so we go backwards a couple of days to Monday. The Brewers play their first interleague game at Wrigley Field against the Cubs. It was a 4-2 win for the Brewers, and they became the first American League team, other than in an exhibition contest, to play in Wrigley Field since the 1945 World Series. So how has the crew fared over the past week? Well, after a Wednesday win over Oakland, the Mets came to town, and the two squads split the series at two games apiece. It resulted in a 4-2 and homestand. Then the crew traveled out west to begin a long California road trip. Monday's action saw the Giants take down the Brewers 11-5, and Tuesday's game was a tough 3-2 loss at the hands of Madison Bumgarner. Overall, the Brewers are 30-35 and on the season. They finish up the series with the Giants on Wednesday afternoon before traveling to L.A. for a four-game series with the Dodgers. <laughs> Let's break it down. Brewers Vice President of Amateur Scouting, Ray Montgomery, joining us here post-MLB Amateur Draft. And, boy, what a, what a three days this is for you and your staff. It's a culmination of a lot of hard work leading up to it. But the flurry really comes on these final three days. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a busy time. And it is, like you said, a, a relief to have the draft portion behind us. But it is really just the beginning for the players to get out and get going. How much, you know, as you guys are getting prepared for this, uh, obviously, you're evaluating talent first, and that's the most important thing is finding guys that fit your system. But also, you have to make it all work within the puzzle of the financials as well. What's a guy going to sign for? Is he telling you the right number? Is he going to stick to that number? All those things are things you guys kind of have to vet out leading up to this. How challenging is that whole process? Yeah, but you're well-versed in it. It sounds like you got a pretty good idea how it goes. You should have come in the room. <laughs> 
Um, that's all the things you mentioned are the things that we start, you know, months, years ago, you know, building history, kind of getting a, a feel for families, players, health. Um, and then when you get forward closer to the draft, you have to narrow it down and kind of see who fits where it's, it's, uh, it's a time consuming process, but it's a good process. Let's go through some of the picks and, and we'll, we'll start at the top and work our way down. We won't obviously cover every single draft pick, but, um, your first round pick, Corey Ray, um, being in the spot that you guys were in, number five, there's a little bit of uncertainty of who's going to be there when you get a chance to pick, but you know there's going to be three or four guys that you really were narrowed in on. When did you guys have a pretty good idea that you were going to be able to take Corey and he was going to be your guy? Uh, ultimately, probably not until the morning of, believe it or not, and maybe even closer to draft time. I mean, you start to get a sense of what might be going on in front of you. But I can tell you, history says, until the names are pulled in front of you, you actually don't know 100%. Unless you were first, like the Phillies. Yeah. They knew. Yeah. But everybody else, we, we, we're at the uh, behest of what, they, what goes on in front of us. And I think we prepared multiple scenarios, you know, in, in, in options. But certainly when Corey's name was there and we were able to pull it, we were really excited. He has a lot of tools. And so if you ask the question, what jumps out at you, you could answer that a lot of different ways, obviously. What was the thing that separated him, though? Um, probably a little bit of how you just mentioned that. Um, the fact that he didn't have any one particular tool um, that could be considered a weakness. He had multiple tools that are multiple strengths. He, he brings a, a, a well-rounded package to both sides of the ball. He can defend. He can play all three outfield positions. He can hit. He can run. He can steal bases. I mean, he really is a dynamic little package of, of you know, tools and then when you add you know the energy the makeup the work ethic the off the field with this guy and i know you had a chance to visit with him a little bit you're going to be really impressed with the person as well as the player and i think when those two things come together we feel like we've got it pretty good i know you guys focus mainly just on talent ceiling all those things but he's a college bat which sometimes those guys can be a little bit more advanced and you can maybe start them out a little bit more aggressively than a high school bat is is that something that you guys ever consider when you're when you're talking everything through no, I think it's safe to say as a college player, you would expect that he would have – I mean, Corey's traveled all over. He was with Team USA last year. Um, he understands the pro lifestyle. Um, so I think in that regard, yeah, expectation-wise and developmental curve-wise, no, no no expectations of him coming quicker, as they say. Just the fact that we want to get him out, get him into our system, and get him comfortable with what we do. Ray Montgomery is our guest. Your second-round pick was a really interesting one, Lucas Ursig, who spent a couple of years at Cal playing for Dave Esker there and then, of course, makes the move to Menlo College and NAIA school. Good power numbers, big arm, too, so he can stick at third base, which is always important when you're looking at a third baseman. Yeah, for sure, and you mentioned the arm, obviously. Um, defensively, um, pitching in defense has kind of been a good theme for like a century in our game. <laughs> um, and with him, he brings both sides of the ball. Um, so that was appealing. I know we talked about him as a pitcher. It, you know, there won't be that in his future with us. Um, but it kind of speaks to his athleticism in a different way. You know, you, you can quantify athleticism a lot of different ways. Um, and I think in Lucas's case, it probably applies more to the baseball athlete. I mean, he's a grinder. The kid lives at the field. He loves to be on the field. And he thoroughly enjoys playing baseball. You took a couple of young catchers in this draft. And... Uh, in the first two days, and both guys offensively very talented guys. Is it nice when you have a guy like Charlie Green in your back pocket that you say, okay, if this kid needs some development behind the plate, we have maybe the best in the world to work with them. And right now the organizational depth at that position has improved, so you don't have to rush those guys along either. 
Oh, for sure. Uh, I can't I can't overstate the value of our player development yeah. and, and Charlie in particular when it comes to that position. I really can't. And having been here for a decade and you know I'm going on 12 years and watched what he's done and and not just Charlie, um, the guys that put the time in at that position and and when these guys come into our game and they understand what goes into being behind the plate because it's not just the defensive side it's the mental side it's the psychology side to deal with pitchers and to make sure that that's their focus um it is it is really nice when we can turn a guy over to charlie and feel pretty comfortable that hey whatever we think he might be charlie will make him more than that a lot of really strong um intriguing college arms that you guys were able to select and, and you've talked about this publicly a couple of times it wasn't any focus on your guys's part it, it's how the board played out and it happened to work that way uh, however, uh, the web kid at South Carolina seems like a really exciting kid uh, who, you know, really improved himself after coming back from injury. Uh, what, what did you guys see in him, and, and how excited are you guys to get the, the, the group to work with him a little bit? I'm very excited, and, and I think you mentioned it too. Sometimes when you have it taken away from you, you know, you build a little bit of a survivor mentality, and I think in his case – you know, he understood what life was away from the game. And that can really, really, when you're that age, be a difficult time. Um, so for him, the motivation was obviously great to get back to the level he knew he was capable of. Um, we actually watched a little of the game today while we were in the draft room. Um, and I thought he did a good job managing through some of the, you know, the situations he was in today. But I, again, that probably speaks to his character and the difficulty it is when you suffer an injury, especially at a young age. Zach Brown might be the most interesting one because it's a huge arm. Uh, his numbers weren't as good this year, but he had decent numbers the year previous. Another big guy, looks like a high ceiling for him. Yeah, and you know our, our game today is, is driven, obviously, through analytics and metrics and numbers. And we've been looking at numbers you know, as a former player. I mean, every day in the morning, pop, yep. you know, open the paper, look at the numbers, see my 0 for 4, feel bad about it, move on. Um, sometimes you have to look through the numbers and understand what the raw materials are. Even if you're a college guy there, I think back, you can probably think back to when you were in college, how much we thought we knew even about the game. There is so much learning ahead of these guys that the raw materials to hand over to our, our pitching staff and and player development um, get me excited. And I know, I know he'll have a good future. Ray Montgomery is our guest. A couple final questions. You know, as the draft begins, I don't know that you're worried as much about need as you are about let's get the best, players available because it is such a three four five six year out projection however as it wears on you may start to look at that a little bit more to fill out the organizational depth is is that a lot of what you're looking at with day three trying to find guys that uh, have some untapped potential that could be diamonds in the rough so to speak but also guys that that fit the organization in terms of where your needs are yeah, certainly you have to be cognizant of what the needs are and, and, and where we are at organizationally. Um, you can't just ignore it. The goal is to acquire as much talent as we can. And then David has said over and over, um, the, the younger and the more um, challenged maybe right now from a developmental standpoint, the players are, the better off because what we have to offer is time. Mm-hmm. So we have time, we have expertise. Um, so when we go through the draft, there is discussions about positional needs at certain points. Um, but for the most part, you're trying to balance the two and make sure you're taking talent first. Um, obviously, characters, you know, in there as well. And then we balance that with what we need at each of the stops along the way. This is your first d- draft working with David and Matt. Was it fun for you guys to all be in the room together and, and seeing it all come to fruition? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it was great because, you know, the involvement from 
from all sides. You know, there are a lot of people that don't get recognized um, as part of this process. And I think it's a little unfortunate. And I think the same can be said even, like I, I always mention player development and scouting, um, the baseball ops guys that do all the work in the background, the IT guys, Josh Crevis doing stuff behind the scenes that nobody even talks about. Roger doing the, you know, the medical stuff, Amanda doing everything, right? So um, without those folks, this is a this is an organizational collective effort. This isn't just one guy. This isn't just one group scouting department. This is everybody working together, rowing the boat, hopefully going the same direction and looking for the best we can for the organization. Every organization probably has their own formula in terms of analytics and scouting and 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 what they value and and so does it feel like sometimes when you get to this point that it's like you're sitting in a classroom and you're taking the test and you got the books up around your test because you don't want anybody else to see your test and copy off your your answers yeah it's funny you know organizationally um everybody is challenging the new frontiers any way they can and we certainly are doing that um and i know 29 other organizations are doing the same thing so competitively the juices are flowing yeah you don't want to give away any of the secrets and you don't want to tip your hand in any way shape or form um but like i said you want to challenge anywhere you can whether it's information statistics makeup any piece of information you can get to complete a puzzle before somebody else is like survivor you know Final question. Sean Whalen uh, gets to basically select his own son today in the draft. That had to be a, a really cool moment for everybody in the room. Yeah, the, the nice thing about when you get to this point and, and you're in control of the draft and you're watching things happen, um, when you get to see a personal story develop like that and you watch um, Sean make that selection, and you know I think he was more nervous doing that than anything I've ever seen him do, and he's quite good at what he does. Um, so I feel proud as a father to be able to see that, and I can't imagine what that would feel like. So I was really happy for him. I know collectively the group was really happy. John, of course, is scout for the Brewers. Ray, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for the time. Checking in on the farm. This week we look at some key promotions within the system that have had an impact and explore the 2016 draft for the Brewers. The big news this past week, of course, the news of left-handed pitcher Josh Hader being promoted from Double A Biloxi to Triple A Colorado Springs. The Southpaw worked six innings, gave up two earned runs on just one hit, while striking out nine against Memphis this past Sunday, his first game since being called up. Outfielder Johnny Davis has been promoted in the last week from Brevard County. He's now at Double A Biloxi, and he's hit well so far also. Through Monday's games, he was hitting at a 313 clip since his promotion. Some other notes prior to Tuesday's games. First baseman Dustin DeMuth for Brevard County went two for four with a home run, two runs and two driven in for the Manatees on Monday night. He's originally from Bloomington, Indiana. He played for the Hoosiers, and he's hit safely in four straight and 11 of his last 12 games. DeMuth is batting 405 in nine games in the month of June. Really good to see left-handed pitcher Cody Medeiros back on the mound, getting his third win of the season on Monday for the Manatees. He allowed a run on four hits, a walk, four strikeouts in five innings. He has pitched very well at home so far this year for the Manatees. And outfielder Monte Harrison for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers continues to swing a hot stick. He was one for two with a double on Monday, a couple of walks as well. He has hit safely in six straight games. And 11 games in June, he's batting 350 with three doubles and five home runs, showing some of that power. As you heard earlier from Ray Montgomery, the Brewers completed the draft this last weekend. First-round pick Corey Ray is a very promising prospect and is genuinely excited about the opportunity in front of him with the crew. It's been an exciting year. It's been an, this is an exciting time of my life, and um, to find out where I, where I'll be extending my career is, is a great. It's, it's, it's great. I love this opportunity. 
He's an outfielder, but Ray knows that he can stick in center field. Um, I know everyone questions whether or not I can play center field or not, but I, I you know, I, I, I'm guaranteeing that I will work as hard as I possibly can to, to be a, an elite defender in center, and um, you know, hopefully I can play center and do some great things in Milwaukee. Ray was the number five overall pick, and he is a finalist for the Golden Spikes Award in college baseball, which is given to the best player in college baseball at the end of the season. In the second round, the Brewers selected third baseman Lucas Ersig from California, then in competitive balance B, Mario Feliciano from the Carlos Beltran Academy in Puerto Rico. Feliciano is an exciting young catcher with very good offensive tools. Then it was a run on college arms like Braden Webb of South Carolina, Zach Brown of Kentucky, Corbin Burns of St. Mary's, and left-handed pitcher Daniel Brown from Mississippi State. Another exciting catching prospect was also added to the mix in day two. That was Peyton Henry, a high schooler out of Utah, who's another offensive player behind the plate. Overall, the crew selected 17 college pitchers over the three days of the draft. All right, let's change the pace a little bit and talk about this 2016 club. Let's catch up with the crew. Pat Murphy, the bench coach of the Brewers, joining us, and I asked Coach Murphy what he loved about working with the Brewers, specifically a guy that he's so familiar with in Craig Council. Uh, no question about it. It's a great experience, great opportunity. I'm very grateful. Um, and you mentioned Craig, you know, like he's just a great decision maker. He's very, very bright, as we all knew, but um, has just a great package. You know what I mean? The fact that he's played for so long, played successfully, had to, had to scrape and claw for everything he had and, and now to see it come out in his leadership is really special. And, uh, yeah, I'm proud to be a small part of it. Is it fun for you to see your relationship with him grow and change in, in, in the roles that you guys have been in throughout the years? No question. It's, it's just a great, it's a great relationship, and um, I respect him so much. And um, I'm not afraid to say what I think, and he's not afraid to tell me what he thinks. So it's not all, you know roses and candy you know what I'm saying but it's it's great you know it's, it's a great challenge and um, we're really looking forward to what's going on here you are one of the great college baseball coaches of all time so I'm sure now being involved in the pro game like you have been the last couple of years has been fun to see some of those guys that you coached throughout the years at Arizona State who are sprinkled throughout Major League Baseball I'm very fortunate to have been around some great guys you know like the, just it's fun you know it's fun to see how they play the game and you think maybe just a little bit, maybe your program had something to do with how they play the game now. And that's just – and seeing other guys that you either recruited or recruited but they signed out of high school or played against, um, that's just fun. You know, that's just a, it's a fun experience. And our baseball world is so privileged. And, um, you know, you just got to be grateful. And uh, I really am. Craig's talked a lot about culture and getting everybody connected. That was a big theme in spring training. It seems like that's really been one of the strengths of this team through the first part of the season. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, we've got a good group of young men, and, and um, there's more to be done. I mean, this group still has to grow. Um, obviously, our roster will look different next year, I'm sure, and the year after and all that. But, you know, you just take it year by year, and, and as we go through this journey, um, this group has to mature still and gel, and there's a lot more to be done here. I mean, you mentioned the connection and, and, and that type of thing and the culture. Um, you know, we're just we're at the beginning stages. Jonathan Viard is obviously off to a great start, hitting the baseball really well, doing a nice job at shortstop. How have you guys tried to work with him to keep his growth pattern going, even though he's having all this success right now? No, I think the big thing is um, – 
you know, you, you give a, a guy a license to be himself. You give a guy a license to, to go out there and be a frontline guy and play every day and not have to look over his shoulder whether he's going to play or not. And uh, he's made the most of it. Now there's another step to that. You know what I mean? Now the next step is how do you maintain it? How do you maintain yourself during that time? How do you, how do you keep stri- striving for that growth mindset? You know, like that's what's next. And, um, you know, hopefully he takes to that as well as he's taken to getting the opportunity. And uh, then he'll keep growing. How important is the day-to-day meeting and being on the same page from a staff standpoint? We talked about the team being really connected, but you know, how, how involved are all of you guys on day-to-day personnel decisions and things of that nature? Well, we spend a whole lot of time together, uh, that's for sure. So I think that uh, Craig is so open. His leadership style is open, uh, but you better come with your guns loaded and that, that you, better, you better know what you're talking about and have thought it out a little bit. Um, he's usually two steps ahead of you. And uh, he's really good at he, he's really good at keeping the staff involved. He uses everyone. No one feels more important than the next. And we've got a blend of guys that have been here, which really helps. Guys that have been here, been in the league, and, and can give us a, a lot of information. And for us new guys, it's been fun too because a lot of us are on the same, you know, you know, coming in in the same circumstances. So we've had a lot of great times. The staff is great. You know, the, the guys that uh, were here before that I didn't know before, just wonderful people and um, great baseball coaches. So that part's been great. Murph, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you, Lane. Our thanks to Pat Murphy for joining us on the podcast. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. Well, here's what's coming up for the crew. A homestand starting Friday, June 24th against the Washington Nationals. That. Uh, Friday, June 24th, game 7-10 start. Free shirt Friday that night. Saturday the 25th, it's the Negro Leagues tribute game. And Sunday the 26th, that's a 1-10 start. Greg Vaughn, 90s bobblehead, plus kids eat free Sunday. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on all three of those days. And, of course, it's Bryce Harper and the Nationals coming to Miller Park for that series. Should be a lot of fun. We hope that you'll be able to come out and join us. Camel ball and glove t-shirt on that Friday Free shirt Friday on June 24th. And also, the Brewers are going to wear vintage Milwaukee Bears uniforms on the 25th in the Negro Leagues tribute game. Uh, that'll be really cool. And that Sunday, June 26th, Greg Vaughn, 90s bobblehead. All fans receive a bobblehead of the former Brewers slugger, rocking some sweet shades and the crew's Navy 90s uniform. Then it's a homestand against the Dodgers on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, the 28th, the 29th and the 30th, and you're going to want to be able to come out for those 7-10, 7-10, and 1-10 starts. For tickets, call 414-902-4000 or visit Brewers.com today. That is going to do it for this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. Episode number 50 is in the books, and we thank you for joining us for it. Our thanks to Ray Montgomery and Pat Murphy being guests on this week's show. We'll talk to you next week on Brewers on Tap. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 